I came across a blog post in an online success magazine, and it was written by Michael, I'm going to try to say his last name, I know I'm not going to say it right, Pietzak, Pietzak, I'm not sure, I'm going to put the information below, but this article was about New Year resolutions and why they fail. It was called Beyond Resolutions, The Complete Guide to Achieving Your New Year's Goals. And this was, I think, two years ago that I came across this, and it really changed my life. The article had a step-by-step process to plan out the next year, and it was so well done and so thoughtfully written um, that I just incorporated it into my end-of-year routine that I do to go through kind of what worked and what didn't um, during the year. It was really helpful for my business and just helpful for me personally. So you kind of go through each category and kind of craft your new year. I took a few hours to go through it um, and I did it just in a Word document so I could make edits as I go along. Michael in his article, he said that he actually takes three days to do it and it's much more thorough than I do now. So I really streamlined what he laid out to make it work for me just because I need things to be a little bit more concise, otherwise I won't do them. Um, But I wanted to take you through how I am setting myself up for the new year in case it's helpful for you. I've done a lot of um, different planners. I've got the high performance planner from Brendan Bouchard, which I love. I've done a lot of journaling prompts and things like that. But just setting up something that I do at the end of the year, and then I now do it quarterly, just has really been a game changer for me to keep me on track because 12 months, I know sounds like a long time, but we can all, I think, agree that it goes by pretty quickly. So you have to find something that works for you, that helps keep you on track. um, And it has to be something that you enjoy doing. So you stick with it because obviously you're not going to stick with it if you hate doing it. So here is the new year planning process I have done for 2023. Welcome to the Voted Least Likely Podcast. I am your host, Leah Yard. I'm a high school dropout who accidentally became an entrepreneur. After spending over a decade working minimum wage jobs, having a complete mental breakdown, and losing all confidence in myself, I somehow started a successful jewelry company. I am the least likely person to have ended up in the fashion industry, the least likely person to have overcome crippling anxiety, and the least likely person to have ever had the confidence to share my story. And I know if you are here, you've likely felt something similar. This piece of internet real estate is a place for us to share how we overcame our own obstacles and found a place to thrive, even if it was the last place we ever thought we would end up. We are talking all things related to failure with a little sense of humor on the side. It's time to expose the narratives we tell ourselves and the ones the world places on us. This is the Voted Least Likely Podcast. First off, I chose a word of the year. This is somewhat a new practice. This wasn't in the blog article, um, but this was a, a kind of a new practice for me. So I've always said intentions for the year, but I haven't exactly narrowed it down to one word. When I chose mine this year, I actually felt very uncomfortable with the term that came up. But after I went through the planning process for 2023, it all kind of came full circle and made sense. 
And that's just a good reminder to always trust your intuition. I'll explain more about that at the end and share what my word was, but I first wanted to just take you through the steps. So the first step was I chose my word of the year. Then I wrote down my life vision. So this is your big dream, the ultimate sort of peak part of your life. Michael says that this should be the compelling vision for your life that excites you. And the word in there that really stands out is excites. It should make you feel just super jazzed to kind of feel the emotions of what that life would be. So, you know, the country you want to live in, the home you want to own, the clothes you want to wear, what your daily life is like, who is in your life, who you're working with, what are you working on, all of those kinds of things, what accomplishments you've got hanging on your wall, just the big, big, big dreams, the big goals, the almost embarrassingly big things that maybe you don't share with everyone else. Just really write that down and feel it. So I actually took more time to do this part this year. Um, last year, I think I just did a paragraph or so. This year, I actually did a full page and I really felt it. I, I just really let myself live that big dream, not feel guilty for the things that I desire, the things that I want to manifest in my life. It was really fun to do that and just be somewhat unapologetic about the things that I want, the person that I can see myself becoming. So this should be exciting and it should evoke emotions. It might even make you feel emotional in a way like I felt kind of, um, I didn't cheer up, but I felt that kind of lump in my throat as I was doing it because it was a very emotional experience. And that's good. You want that. You want a vision that really moves you. So um, I did get emotional when I wrote about my relationship section. So just the what, how grateful I am to have my partner and then sort of visualizing this dream life that I have with us together. That was really moving to me. Um, and yeah, so that part did get me. But this whole experience of this section and writing this out is very personal. So really, really take time to honor what you want. Don't judge it. Just honor it and write it down and try to not think too much about it as you do it. You can always go back and edit or take things out or add more things, but you just kind of want to capture that vision that is exciting. After the life vision, then I went through last year. So this is done intentionally after you dream big because you want to have an open mind to relook over the previous year, year and then you can kind of see, you know, Am I on the right track? If I if I repeated last year, would I be working towards this vision? So I mentioned before that 2022 was a very challenging year. So this time around, I was somewhat dreading this part of the planning. I knew I would need to face some major failures again. I wasn't looking forward to it, but it is such a crucial part. And it is so important to go through this plan again without the judgment on yourself. You just want to go through it and look at it as objectively as you can. But after you've done that big vision, so you are, you're kind of approaching it as a better version of yourself. So I went through 2022, starting with re revisiting my goals. So what did I accomplish from the list? And what did I make progress on? And if there's anything that I didn't reach, is it something that I'm still trying to reach? Or has that changed? Because sometimes we write down goals 
And then what we want changes and maybe we don't want to achieve that particular goal anymore. And also sometimes we write down goals and we didn't actually reach them, but we made big progress on it. So don't forget to really um, go through that and write that down and capture that because that is huge. And even if you didn't get to cross it off completely, making progress really matters. So I write down notes on each goal and then the next step is to make a list of what worked and what didn't. Or I kind of say what worked and what could be improved. I just like that wording a little bit better. Um, so this is satisfying because it's so clarifying. A few examples for me in the what worked category are hosting and taking part in in-person events. Last year was the first year where I was really able to get back out and represent my brand in person again. And I'm an introverted person, so this sounds kind of like something that wouldn't be um, something I'm suited for, but I really need to do it and I, I really thrive when I do it. It's just that I crash afterwards. <laughs> so it did really work at propelling my brand forward. We only did three events in, no, four events in the whole um, year of 2022. And just those four events, they were phenomenal. And it really, it just, it, it was definitely in the what worked category. That was amazing. Another thing that worked was collaboration, so partnering up with other brands, other local brands. This, I've had to kind of tweak my approach. There's things within this that worked and, and things that didn't work, so really making sure I'm partnering up with people that have the same values and vision as I do. Um, and that just kind of goes down to how much I know about the brand, how much research I do. And again, now that things are more in person, this is a lot easier to do because you're not just basing this off of sort of somebody's online presence, you can actually meet the person and work with somebody in person, which makes a huge, a huge difference. Um, another thing that really worked was setting weekly goals. So that was new for me last year. That, that just helps so much just having a list because when things don't go the way you hope they're going to go, it's really easy to get off track. But if you have your vision really broken down right to the week, then you can just look at that and know what you're going to do and what you have to do. And at the end of the week, you just go over it and see what got done, what didn't, um, what things are you continually pushing off onto the next week? Because um, you'll start to see pat. I certainly saw patterns when I was doing that. So um, it's just a really great way to stay on task and stay on track so that you are able to accomplish those long-term goals by getting through those smaller weekly goals. Exercising first thing in the morning, that was a shift that I made at the end of last year. I had started to put my exercising off in the day and then too many times it ended up that it wasn't happening because I had procrastinated too long. So now my non-negotiable, I get up and I do it first thing. I really don't want to do it first thing, but it really works when I do because then it's done, I can get to work and it's one thing off my list. I feel accomplished that I've already done it. And then if something comes up in the middle of the day, I'm ready to go because I've already trained and showered and gotten ready for the day. So I'm able to deal with more things that are spontaneous easier, which is a struggle for me. So that has really helped. Cold showers is another thing that worked. I talked about that in a past um, episode, so I won't get into that, but I highly recommend looking into that if it isn't something you have 
um, tried because it, it was a game changer. I would say that changed my life. So definitely look into that. Um, and then reading and mindset work. This was something that at the end of the year, I got busy and I started to slack on. I can't do that again. It's really important that I keep putting the right information into my brain and keep maintaining that mindset, keep the vision, um, and just make sure that I'm always carving out time to get myself in the right headspace and really stay on top of the negative bullshit that everybody has. We all have that, you know, track in our mind that we, you know, that's on repeat and negative stuff and it comes up all the time. Just really, really, really being on top of that. So the things that could be improved. Those were the things that worked, the things that could be improved. Um, a huge one was the time spent on social media. So I created a rule that anytime I open up a social media app, I have to set the intention. I have to either be on there because I'm posting and creating something, engaging with something, or I've gone on to specifically learn something or do research on something. That could be a slippery slope in itself, but Essentially, I just have to set an intention if I'm on there. I am not allowed to open it when I'm bored because that just never goes well. It's not a good place to go and hang out just because you have nothing else to do. It's better to read a book or sit by yourself with your own thoughts, anything, anything other than that. Um, so that's just a, a hard rule that I'm going to have to implement this year. Um, something else that could be improved that's more personal is... I could be a better partner to my boyfriend. I was, last year was hard and Kyle really supported both of us in so many ways, just being there through very difficult times. And I know it was a lot for him. And I understand that that's a partnership that you help each other out and you're supportive of one another. But I was really struggling and I leaned on him a lot and I need to make sure that I take responsibility for my own stuff more often. And it's absolutely part of the team that we're in that I have him to help me get through things. But I need to make sure I celebrate him more because he's just he's just the best. And I I don't I don't ever take him for granted, but I I could do a better job. I could definitely do a better job. So that's something that when I looked back through the year, it was like, you know what? I don't think I was a very, I wasn't a very good partner last year. That's what I would say. So that's a hard, a hard one to hear um, out loud, but it's something that is, I just, I have to accept that that's the truth and it's up to me to do a better job this year. So that's a huge priority. Another thing that I could improve is pushing myself physically. Exercise is a huge part of my life and I don't train as aggressively as I used to and I miss that. I want to be working on pull-ups and one-legged squats and, and things that are challenging and that push me physically in a very uncomfortable way. I think that is huge this year. I have to choose to put myself in physical discomfort. That's just something I have to do. It's good for my brain health. It's good for my resilience. Um, and it's something that I, that I didn't do last year. I kind of slacked on all of that. So even if I did the workout, I was kind of just going through the motions. I wasn't as intentional as I want to be. So that's something I got to improve. Uh, the last one I'll share is to take more action. Oh my God, this one is so hard. And I think 
every single person struggles with this. It's so challenging. Planning is fun, but actually pulling the trigger and getting shit done is so hard. Um, last year was challenging. And then when I got sort of down on certain situations, it was really hard to take action. And that's, that's just, uh, it's a cycle and um, something that I really have to be more intentional with again. So the next section, so that's the what works, what could you do better section, then you move on to a new section that I love because it's so important. Um, Michael in this article he wrote talks about how we have to attach an emotion if we want to change. So this section is where you write down how you feel about last year. So this was really hard for me to do. But it was so clarifying and I love it for that reason. When I wrote down how I truly felt about 2022, it allowed me to really look nakedly at the parts that were so hard. And because when I do this exercise, I try very hard to be open-minded and not judge what comes up. You learn so much and nothing sticks with you like a feeling. So because this portion is really personal and should be a very intimate recap with yourself, I'm not going to share everything I wrote, but one statement that came out that I can share because it's really crucial for me to, it was crucial for me to see it before starting the new year was this. I wrote down 2022 left me feeling scared to take on a new year because this one was so deflating. And that's a very intense discovery. But can you see how important that is? I have huge amounts of hesitation going into 2023, which means I have to make sure I put systems in place to make sure I really stay on track. This show is sponsored by our very own company, Leah Yard Designs. Leah Yard Designs is a jewelry brand in Vancouver, Canada that specializes in unique, semi-precious pieces. The designs are meant to be mixed and matched to celebrate the wearer. We love fashion juxtapositions, which is why you will usually find me in ripped jeans and a ton of gold jewelry. Our goal is to add glamour to every day. Our most popular design is our Zodiac necklace, which was created to celebrate what makes you uniquely you. 5% of all profits in the jewelry collection are donated to the DEWC, a local charity that helps vulnerable women in Vancouver's downtown east side. You can learn more and shop the full collection at www.leayarddesigns.com. This feeling I have will make it harder to take action right? When I feel uncertain of an outcome, it's going to be really easy to just not do anything about it and just step back. So I have to make sure I set goals that are broken down small enough and achievable and really keep myself on track. So don't shy away from this section. Um, and if you feel really great about the year, you could, you know, reverse that and write about how wonderful it was. And then there will be knowledge in there as well. What made it so great? What can you take from that and put into the new year? What were the great things that happened that you could recreate or push further in 2023? So just try not to judge it. The feeling should just come and really allow yourself to honor what comes up. The next part is the financial snapshot. So this one's pretty straightforward. You just go through all your bank accounts, investments, debts, all that kind of stuff. 
you add up all your assets, all your liabilities, and do the math. So you are going to repeat this formula every quarter and see what you can discover from the numbers and if there's a pattern there and if you should be, um, you know, working on some debts more than others, that kind of thing. This, again, is something that's going to be very individual to you and depends on what your financial goals all are. I take time to take notes on this and see where I can improve my finances. There's, if there's sort of particular debts that I need to focus on getting down, if there's um, subscriptions I can eliminate or other costs I can get down, that kind of thing. So it's just like a real deep dive on the numbers. Again, this can be challenging to go through since it's sometimes surprising, but it's also important to look at where you are financially and get really honest with yourself and you might be pleasantly surprised. So go through that, see what sort of nuggets you can come up with. Um, and again, this is going to depend on, you know, what you do with that information is going to be dependent on what kind of financial goals you have. In this part, I also add another number, which doesn't have to do with my finances, but it is my email list subscriber number. So it's not a financial figure, but this is something trackable and it's something that I make sure I track and I put it in the same section because I'm able to just look at it and write it down every quarter. So I write down that number and that's what I have for my business. And then I can watch how it was, how it is growing. Um, my email list is my number one priority for my business. So making sure that that number is constantly growing is a really good way for me to gauge the health of my brand. Depending on what you have discovered with those numbers, it's a good idea to come up with a financial plan. So this is just a paragraph or so that I wrote some ideas on how I can streamline some of the expenses in my business. There's certain things that are fixed, like, you know, studio rent, insurance, utilities, those kinds of things. But there are other ways I can utilize my materials, let's say, and just other ways I can kind of think outside the box. Um, I don't think I actually did that part last year. So this was a really good practice for me to do going into 2023. Of course, everything has gone up in price. So this was really an important year for me to go through and see if there's anything I can trim down, eliminate, um, repurpose, anything like that. After the finances are laid out, then it's time to write down your one year vision. So just like your life vision in the beginning, you're going to write down what you would like your life to be like in one year. And you write these visions in the present tense. So as if it has already happened. So don't judge yourself for what comes up. Just really take time to think and feel what it's like 12 months from now. A year goes by fast, but 12 months is enough time to really change your life if you want to. For me, this time around, I kept my year vision exciting enough and with big goals to get me expire, inspired, but I made sure to incorporate some smaller wins in it. Because remember when I discovered um, in that feelings portion of the exercise, I was scared to take on new action because I felt deflated. So that's where it's really important to take that data that you found and then set up a very curated plan for yourself. So I know I need those big stretch goals that make me excited and that I am have this gigantic vision for. But then I also need little smaller things that are actually achievable and things that I know I can gain momentum with. So again, tailor this to you. This 
exercise is only for you. You don't have to share this with anybody else. So it's really important that you just create something that is exciting and that will allow you to create the best year you can. After you've written this sort of free form, what your life is like in one year, then you can break that down into a list of goals. So I put on top of just a blank piece of paper, 2023 goals, and then I write them down in bullet points. Again, I do this in a Word document online so that I can edit things um, and change things as I need to. You can categorize them if that's helpful. So personal, personal goals, fitness goals, health goals, um, financial, business or career goals, relationship goals, whatever makes sense to you. Maybe travel goals is something for you. Um, so again, it's really up to you how you, what is going to be most exciting for you and what is most important. And again, base it off those visions that you created. What are the goals you need that will allow you to create that vision um, of your life? So after you have your master list of goals, then it's time to plan the first quarter. Just like the life in one year vision, you start with quarterly planning with a three month vision. So see, we're just breaking it down, breaking it down, and it helps you so much to get clarity on what you really want. So I really like this part of it because three months is not that far away, but it's just enough time to accomplish something that you visualized and it's kind of, I don't know, there's something about that three month mark for me that's a very exciting amount of time because if you have something that you know, something great that you know is going to happen in three months, you can get excited about it, right? It's not like it's a year away where it's, oh, it's so far in the future that it feels like it's, it's too far away to feel the excitement. Three years or three months rather is, that's soon. That's very soon. So I think just keep it something again from that goal vision pick something that and again this can be things you're working towards so it can be progress that you've made on some larger goal or you can have some smaller goals in there it's all supporting things that are leading up to this grand vision but make sure it's actionable so again I write it in the present tense like it's April 1st and I have accomplished blank once you've got the vision then, well, once you've got the vision and you've generated the feeling you want to have, then you can go back and look at your master list of goals and figure out what makes sense for you to focus on for the first quarter. So just remember to really break things down into smaller goals and make that list. From there, you want to plan out your weeks. I know we're getting micro and micro, so... I do this week by week. So at the beginning of each week, this is actually when I start to plan the week, but I go back over the quarterly goals. What are my big vision goals? And then figure out what needs to, you're just reverse engineering it. Essentially, you're just figuring out what needs to happen or what do you need to get in progress in order for you to be able to check those goals off your list. Something I found really helpful was to just be really, really clear on it. For example, if I know I need to write three blog posts, let's say, I don't just add write three blog posts on the list. I will write each individual post as a task. If I don't know what those posts are about, then I will just write individual, I will actually, if I don't know what it's about, then that will be a task is plan three blog posts. And then 
then it would be, um, you can break it. I mean, it's really up to you how much you break it down, but you could break that down further into, um, make a list of topics of blog post topics, let's say, and that could be a task. And then each blog post is its own task. So there is something about having that individual item that you can cross off. It helps you stay on track. Um, and breaking things down like that just gives you the sense of accomplishment, right? When you tackle an individual step and you can cross it off. I mean, if I write two amazing blog posts and then I go to my weekly list to check off the accomplishment, I'm going to feel shitty if I can't check anything off because all I put on that list was write three blog posts. So if you've ever written something on your to-do list after you've done it, just so you can cross it off, this will make sense to you. So finally, word of the year. So this was something I added as a new portion of this exercise for myself. Again, this was a somebody else's process that I just tailored to make work for me. Um, I actually start with it before I do the process. Um, but as I mentioned at the beginning, it felt I felt very uncomfortable about the word that came up for me. And I realized I just needed to go through the entire process exercise of this planning for that word to make more sense. So at the beginning of January, I sat still and I thought what my intention was for 2023. I thought about 2022 and how hard it was. Um, I thought about how I wanted to feel at the end of this year. I thought about how I really didn't want to feel at the end of this year. And the word that came up for me was relief. It came out of nowhere and it felt so comforting. But then immediately I felt worried because I thought, you know, relief, that sounds, I mean, in the past I would have chosen a word like power, confident, resilience, progress, something really big and, and bold. And I worried that the word relief was too soft and I worried that that equaled quit. But I couldn't shake the feeling that that word was right for me. And so once I went through this whole end of the year process, I realized that relief wasn't relieved that I quit something or moved on from something. It was relief that I kept going. Resilience isn't always about powering through. Sometimes it's slowing down, pivoting, taking care, and thoughtfully making the next step forward. This is kind of hard for me to wrap my head around because I'm a very all or, ne all or nothing type person. So that's why when I thought about the word relief, it felt so uncomfortable. But I felt it and intuitively, I knew that that was right. There is relief in knowing that your success is inevitable. There's relief in knowing you're moving in the right direction. And that's how I want to feel this year. I want to feel relief that I have faith in myself, relief that I carried on and that I continued to move forward and relief that I trusted the process and, my, and myself. That's really what it is, relief that I trusted myself. I continued to bet on myself. 
So I want to stress the importance of not judging yourself when you do this practice. And you don't have to share this word with anyone. I'm sharing it here because, again, I was hearing everyone else's word of the year all over social media and podcasts and things. And I was starting to think, oh, my God, I, I don't. I don't have a word like that. I don't have some big, bold, empowering sounding word. Like my, my word didn't sound like something that you wanted to share. But you have to trust your, your intuition because you're not going to stick with anything if it doesn't feel right. And if I had chosen a word that, that wasn't right for me and that is what I carried as my intention as we start a new year, I don't know. I don't think it would have... I don't think it would have worked out. I don't think I would have made the right choices and been on the right path. Again, it's just a word. And whether you choose to um, have one that you want to set as your intention for the for the new year, totally up to you. This is a fairly new practice for me, but I really like it. Um, and the other thing is you can always change your word. If halfway through the year, maybe I feel that sense of relief and then I want something different. Maybe my energy shifts, maybe my, um, I don't know, maybe life changes, right? And we want something new, you can always change it. It's not, it's not set in stone ever. Just don't judge yourself for what you choose. And you do not have to share it with anybody if you want to keep it to yourself. So that's it. I hope this was helpful. Um, I'm going to put the original link for the blog that I found in the show notes, because um, again, Michael did an incredible job at writing it and it's very thorough and this is just like the tip of the iceberg. I essentially just took the things that worked for me and that's how I approach the new year using this practice, but he does do a much more in-depth in-depth process um, and I highly recommend doing it. The first time I did it, I, I did it more closely to what he originally put out there, um, but it is a really wonderful way to start the new year, wrap up the old year. And again, I love that he taught talks about the emotional side of things, because that is really what drives us, right? Is that feeling we are not going to stick with things if it doesn't feel right. Um, so trust your intuition, plan your year, keep accountable with yourself. Um, I cannot wait to see what you guys create this year. And let me know if this is helpful for you. Um, and we will chat next week. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope this episode gave you a boost of encouragement to follow your own path, even if it's a little unruly or has a few more weeds than you expected. I would love if you could share this with somebody important to you. We never know who needs a boost. If you'd like to learn more, you can find me at www.leayard.com. And if you want to see a little more behind the scenes, you can connect with me on Instagram at leayard. And now I will leave you with this. We all have more in common than we do not. Be kind when you can, judge less, less often, and never ever underestimate your own potential. I'll see you next week.